Hey everyone, just before this episode gets started, I just want to let everyone know that this is the end of Strip by Sia, season two. <laughs> season three is starting after a one week break, so next week you'll be getting a fun bonus episode of me guest lecturing at my alma mater, Sumner Fraser University. And then we're kicking off season three the week after that. So no breaks for me, no breaks ever. But I just want to let everyone know about that. Season two will be wrapping up and season three will be embarking real soon on April 25th. Also, we mentioned in this episode at the time of recording that I would be performing at Shaker's Show Lounge. That is not the case anymore, any longer. We are in our third lockdown here in Vancouver, Canada. So that is not a thing anymore in case you wanted to pop by. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Bye. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. I am returning on stage actually when this episode is coming out. So be sure to catch me at Shakers Show Lounge in Surrey. It's the only club that's open in BC right now for the time being. <laughs> FYI, if you want to chat with me about sex work, that would be cool. But besides, that I am excited to bring on this super super cool guest that I connected with and I actually took one of her financial literacy workshops not too long ago which I found to be super helpful because I'm not the best I mean I'm okay at money but I feel like it's such an intimidating topic and I feel like an idiot (laughs) when I try to talk and explain things so instead of me trying to butcher the idea of trying to tell you guys how to manage your money. I am bringing on a special guest. I am bringing on Jeanette, who is a licensed financial advisor, who's also a sex worker based in Toronto in Canada. And I am so excited to talk about this episode because tax season is right around the corner. So this is kind of perfect timing, especially if you were thinking about doing your taxes, maybe you haven't filed your taxes in a while listen up to this episode we're going to get into it so tune in for the next hour and a bit Jeanette are you there I'm here I'm here welcome to the show (laughs) thank you Sia so happy to have you on and for you to share your expertise your knowledge on financial literacy and how important this topic is so I feel like I did an okay introduction of yourself Perhaps you want to go into about who you are, what you do, maybe give yourself your own fancy introduction. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, I just first want to thank you, Sia, for giving me this opportunity to share my financial knowledge with you and your listeners. You're welcome. Um, yeah. My name is Jeanette. Uh, she's, yep. So I am currently licensed as a financial advisor. I work for a financial brokerage. Uh, We find financial solutions for families and individuals. We advise them on debt management by working with uh, debt settlement specialists on your behalf. Mm -hmm. We do home financing and refinancing, insurance and investments. So the reason why I became an advisor is a good friend of mine encouraged me 
we were outside of the club one night um, having a smoke after I told her about my background in accounting. Oh. And yeah. Okay. So, right. So I used to file taxes for low-income individuals. So yeah, I particularly wanted the girls in the industry to become more educated and aware when making financial decisions. But I knew that if I was going to be giving financial advice, I should at least become licensed to do so. I mean, you're not going to take medical advice from some rando, right? He's not qualified. <laughs> no, I really hope not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that makes complete sense for sure. And as you said, like, you're not, <laughs> we're not going to take some random advice from someone who isn't licensed and you know if you have that knowledge and you already have that background too with accounting if you already like numbers and why not get why that not knowledge. right exactly it, it makes sense to me you know so and i really enjoy it <laughs> so i think i'm right where i'm at that's excellent and you mentioned um you are a dancer as well yes in the toronto area I, yes so i began dancing when i was in my early 20s and um, so I was at a friend's house for Thanksgiving like 10, 15 years ago, and I had my daughter with me. Mm-hmm. She was less than a year at the time. So it was time for us to leave, and we waited for a ride, and we waited, and we waited. Oh, my gosh. So I waited, yeah, we waited for that ride for, like, some time. And during the time, I just said to myself, like, I would never again depend on anyone else but myself. Yeah. So I started dancing and never looked back. And yeah, I've been dancing for over 10 years and love the financial freedom that it offered me during the time because yes. I was able to pay for my education and give my daughter a better opportunity than I would have been able to had I worked minimum wage. Right. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And I think um, you hit it right on the head there too. Like a lot of us sex workers, we like the financial freedom. We, we like to do whatever we want to do because basically it's like our own business, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And the, and money can give you a lot of freedom, a lot of power. It's great. Again, if, if you're working towards some goals or some kind right. of, yeah, like bigger picture kind of, um, or bigger picture kind of ticket items, like obviously you need money to do so. So yeah, like, I mean, people say it's a, it's a tombstone and it's not, it's a stepping stone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not a tombstone when it comes to dancing, if you look at it from that aspect, right? And you're smart about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I I love that perspective that you have in it too. Just, um, it really is all about perspective, which is like a whole nother conversation, but like where your mindset is, um, how you're framing things, that's all uh, kind of goes hand in hand in terms of like how you would then strategize and market yourself and, you know, work on that hustle. So Right, right. Super cool. Thanks so much for sharing your story. <laughs> Great motivation. Um, I think, like, I feel like this is going to be such a large episode and we're going to have lots and lots of stuff to talk about. So why don't we just go right into it? Let's let's talk about the importance of financial literacy. Let's get into it. All right. So um, it's It's important just to know some simple concepts when it does come to financial literacy. For example, um, I talked about the rule of 72, which is basically um, if you take 72 and you divide it by your uh, return um, on interest, it will tell you how long it's going to take for your money to double. So, for instance, if you had a 4% ROI vested like $10,000, let's say, it's going to take you 18 years for your money to double. Um, as opposed to a 12% ROI, it's going to take six years for your money to double. So Mm -hmm. do you see what I'm saying? Right. 
Right. So yeah. a higher a higher ROI, um, you know, the less time it's going to take for your money to to, uh, to create income. Right. But like, look at what the banks give you. You know, when you uh, when you're saving your money, they give you like less than one percent. Yeah. So imagine seventy two divided by one. <laughs> like, who has seventy two years? You know, to wait for their money to double? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. And then. And then the credit card companies, they charge you like 19%. So look how much, look how long it takes for their money to double. You know, they're doubling their money every like three years. So just like the rule of 72 could work in your favor, it could also work against you, right? So remember that. I never thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mind blown. Mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Another thing to think about, uh, another concept is the time and cost of waiting. Like, if you have somebody who's 20 years old and they have, like, 40 years to retire, it would cost them $150 a month, right, um, to retire. By the time they're 65, they would be comfortably, they would be uh, retired comfortably. Um, a 40-year-old now with 20 to 25 years to retire, it would cost them $1,300 a month. And they probably wouldn't retire as comfortably as a 20-year-old only because they waited so long to start saving. Do you understand? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, I mean, the earlier you save, the better because, uh, or as you get older, saving costs a lot more. Right. (laughs) That is a huge thing, too. Because you know what? When you're younger, you know, your parents are like, make sure you save your money. Make sure, you know, you put some of that money away. And then you're like, oh, I've got loads of years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But what what you don't realize is that those loads of years that you have is working to your advantage. You know what I mean? So my daughter now, she's um she's a teenager. And I tell her, hey, even if it's $50 a month right now, just put it away. Just because I want to get her used to uh, saving her money. That was one of the best advices that I got from a dancer when I was a baby stripper. Mm. Um, She said, the best advice I have for you, girl, is save your money. And you know what? That's what I did. I saved my money, saved my money. But the only thing, I was just saving it in like a low bearing interest account because I didn't understand that, you know, the rule of 72, Mm -hmm. right? But now I do. So it's a whole nother game. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to we're going to get into like where again, like where you can put your money and stuff like that too um, later on in the show, actually pretty shortly. So because <laughs> I know like, you know, as we are, we are both dancers. I mean, I also do some online work. I forgot to say this too. Like I have an OnlyFans. I make custom videos and stuff like that online. Busy but, girl. Yeah, busy girl. We got to hustle, you know? <laughs> I hear you. Trust me. Hustle game is hard. I mean, if you don't yeah. hustle, then, like, you're not going to make as much money, which is fine. It just depends wherever you are in, in your life and whatever stage you're in. But, like, you know, as sex workers, I don't know about you, but I like to spend my money. <laughs> yeah. So savings can sometimes be a little bit hard. And I've definitely, like, I'm guilty of having... Like, you know, I've had to pause my savings account. Like, I've had to pause my contributions and stuff. Because it just goes in waves, you know? Yeah, I hear you. No, I hear you. I trust me. (laughs) I feel you. Yeah. We've been there. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. And, like, again, like, I'm just really opening up this conversation. And another reason why I want to bring you, Jeanette, onto the show is just because, like, sometimes when, when we come into the conversation of money, 
sometimes there's like a hush hush kind of like quietness around it and like the stigma and shame because sometimes people just don't know how to save and that's okay like I just want to make sure that you know this is a safe space and that the purpose of this episode is to help teach you different ways you know like that you can do it (laughs) and how important it is so just want to throw that out there but why don't we talk about like as you mentioned uh where you can kind of park your money where can you what can you do with your money because you know if you go to your bank whether it's um like a credit union or just one of those big banks that we have here in Canada or anywhere else in the world because this podcast is worldly there are just so many different accounts there's savings accounts there's mutual funds there's TFSAs RSPs RSPs bonds like wow it's it's honestly sometimes overwhelming yeah (laughs) and sometimes I just go to my financial advisor and I'm just like do you have my best interest in mind (laughs) you know and that's the thing when you go to the banks because like I've dealt with like I have my own home branch that I go to like I've been there for many years Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is anytime I go there and sit down with somebody like to talk about money and moving money and whatever it's always somebody different you know what I mean and it's like well it my financial advisors are always changing on me. How are they going to have my best interest at heart? You know what I mean? So I guess I have to look after me, right? Yes. So yeah, that's personal responsibility that does um, have something to do with it at the end of the day too. Yeah, 100%. As you said, like I have had the same experience as you where it's just like a revolving door of financial advisors. Like I check my online account and it's like a different name every single time I log in and I'm just like oh okay well I mean that to me is like well I don't know if they're just trying to get some kind of commission out of this or or whatever like I don't really know how that works on that side but well either way you know wherever you're gonna put your money someone's gonna make a commission on it Mm -hmm. but it's just knowing um if it's gonna work out for you right so regardless of the commission is what you're doing good for you you know Agreed. what I mean? So, Agreed. I guess, but, like, um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to start. I was just going to talk about um, where to park your money. But if you had something to say. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Get into it. Yeah, go ahead All and right. get into it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, when you do grasp the concept of compound interest, you realize that your money needs to work for you just as hard as you work for it, right? Mm, yes. So TFSAs, it's a tax-free savings account, is um, is tax-free on withdrawal depending on your investments. So if you have uh, stocks within your TFSA and it's made up of Canadian companies, mm-hmm. you, you will um, you will not be taxed on that. But if you have any U.S. stocks now, you will be charged fifteen percent taxes on that. Oh, so I don't know. Yeah, so I didn't they, know that. they don't tell you this. No, exactly. yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> But that's that's the truth there. So a lot of times people will have like a bunch of different kind of stocks in their TFSAs and right. they won't know that, OK, some of these stocks are probably U.S. stocks. And yeah, if there's any capital gains, you're going to be getting taxed on that. Right. Whoa. I did yeah. not so, know that. So that's one thing. So that's a TFSA. Yeah. Um, an RRSP. So a lot of people will have mutual funds. I mentioned this during my t- uh, tax workshop. Yes. Um, a lot of people will have mutual funds in the, their RRSP, which is really not a good idea because 
yeah, you're getting it's tax deferred, which means as your money is growing, um, you're not being taxed on that. But as soon as you withdraw that money now, right, you are taxed 100% upon withdrawal. So at the end of the day, you're like losing 40% on your money that you put into an RSP that holds mutual funds. Oh. So um, it's better if you have RSPs. It's good to have RSPs, but just know what you're investing in. So like, I mean, segregated funds as opposed to mutual funds, which have the same similarities, except for seg funds, they pay out like an insurance contract. So there's no tax consequences upon withdrawal. Okay. Right? Okay. So other types of, oh, do you, do you have something to say? No, I'm just like digesting <laughs> all this new information that all, like you can probably hear my voice like that's just coming out as a shocker because I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to double check what kind of RSPs are like in my account. <laughs> yeah, and you could always transfer um, your RSPs and put them and have seg funds into them. Like like there's, uh, I don't think there's a fee for that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you. Yeah, so sure. other types of investments you might want to think about are like par whole life and universal life plans, which is permanent, uh, permanent life insurance okay. with an investment savings element and low premiums. So I think it's important because like seg funds, you're not taxed on the cash savings on this. And just like building a house, you must have a foundation, right? right. Uh, for your financial home to be indestructible. So um, the, the four pillars that people would have is they will invest in their physical home, but mm -hmm. it doesn't really offer retirement. And like I said, you can't really depend on mutual or RSPs, especially if they're um, invested into mutual funds mm -hmm. because you lose 40% of your investment. An open or uh, non-registered account will, um, you know, you'll pay 50% taxes on that. So, yeah, oh. taxable. So, for instance, like if you're just uh, investing into stocks or something like that, right? Okay. 50% um, 50 per, 50 of your capital gains is going to get taxed. Um, so, your best option is an IRS account. So, that would be okay. like your um, whole life and your universal life plans and stuff like that. They okay. give you five times more than what you saved. And I actually found out that we offer a wealth account with an emergency benefit built right into it. Oh. So, yeah. So that means that while you save and it happens that you have an emergency um, and you need money, you're covered. So, mm -hmm. it's, so these four pillars, it's important just to save in all four. So you, you have your house, you have your RSPs that are um, invested into side funds, and then maybe you're investing some stocks, whatever, mm -hmm. and then your IRS, right? So if you just have these things covered, then, you know, along the way, eventually, you, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, it's just, it's just, don't put all your eggs into one basket, you know what I mean? Don't just right. throw all your money into one savings account, and that's it, you know, try to diversify it. They talk about right. diversification all the time anyways. They do. Sure you know about that. They yeah. do talk about diverse, um, diversification. Oh, my gosh. That was such a hard word. <laughs> so early in the morning. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, I was saying that. What time is it for you guys? It, it is 10.08, well, which is actually not that early since I usually get up at 7, 6.37, yeah. but I haven't had any coffee yet, so... <laughs> That's okay. Um, the, okay, yeah. Diversification. Uh, div <laughs> diversification. You got it. Jeez, sound it out. <laughs> diversification. They, diversification. They say this a lot with, with banks. And as you said, that just means parking your money in different places, as you said. 
and spreading right. it out, right? Right. Okay. Do you want to do a quick little tangent on, on that? Because I feel like that's also key. Or do we think we covered it? <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you are going to invest your money in RSPs, bonds, GICs, and like cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you should also just understand the risks associated to these financial inst- instruments. Yeah. So, if you are buying a bond, right, okay. um, know that you're buying a certificate of debt. So you're depending on the ability of the assured to repay that debt. Um, also, you need to keep in mind inflation. Mm. So if your bond is receiving, let's say, a fixed rate of return, um, like you're getting 4% for your bond, and then, um, or sorry, you're getting 3% for your bond, and then inflation goes up to 4%, you're getting a negative rate of return. So now you're mm. losing money on that bond. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And sorry, can you explain what a bond is again, just because there's... I feel if if, pe- if people like are like me, I'm just like, what is a bond again? <laughs> like, so a bond is like you're buying debt from the company. It's it's mm. it's money that a corporation or maybe um, even like Canada, they sell Canadian bonds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They owe debt, right? So right. you're buying that debt. Oh, yeah. So you're just you're just basically hoping that they're able to pay that debt back and ver- um thus paying back your bond, right? Right. What is the appeal for those who want to invest in bonds? Well, I guess because um, they get a fixed rate of income, but they Mm. or the fixed rate of return, but they just don't understand that, you know, like all these things, like the risks um, that are associated to buying a bond. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really wouldn't understand either because whenever like I was looking at um, like GICs and stuff, I would look at like the rate of in- the rate of return and I'm like, I'm putting my money for this long and I'm only getting like three, four percent. I-, I just didn't think it was worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I because I could have that interest, I could have probably put in in there myself and saved it. So I was like, yeah, I, I don't think it's worth it. So. Right. And that's kind of where, yeah. where I was getting at with that question, too, because I was like, what is the appeal for this? I mean, everyone has a different strategy on, on what they want to do with their money and how. That's right. Yeah. Like that to me to, is a bit too much risk personally. But hey, maybe if there's someone listening out there, this might be an option for you. So <laughs> Exactly. That's right. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I mean, like people invest in crypto and um, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency and like, I mean, you know, it went up. Like yeah. I remember in October, it it's was so hot like a, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? But then, as soon as fast as it goes up, it can come down as well. So, right, it's very risky. You know, very risky. And I feel like the only because there's so many emerging crypto um, currencies out there right now that like. Even my partner was thinking, like, oh, maybe I should invest. I'm just like, well, maybe you should do your research first and not just jump on yeah. the bandwagon. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. very important to do your research, right? When it comes yes. to money, you don't who wants to lose money. No one wants to lose money, right? Like, I don't mind losing money if it's in the short term. And then the yeah. in the long run, it's going to be a good thing. But, like, you have to really kind of be wise about it, too. It's a gamble, yeah. literally gambling your own money. It's like you're at a casino, (laughs) so just depends. And you also mentioned stocks as well, and I feel like that's a whole other topic too, but did you quickly want to go into that? Because stocks are, I mean, a great way to 
investor money. But again, you'd have to kind of do your research on that. Did you want to speak a little bit about that? I have no problem. Um, so I just, I'll just speak on in terms of my own research sure. and um, my own experience. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> what I have experienced, because, you know, I was jumping on the bandwagon. Um, honestly, if anybody that had money to invest last year, if they knew what they were investing in, would have made money. You know, mm-hmm. just straight out and simple. Unfortunately for me, I was just listening to people and buying like random stocks, even though I didn't have very much money at the time to do so. And I lost money. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but what I found out that is instead of just buying um, like one stock at a time, you could buy like a combination of stocks, which is oh. called like ETFs. Okay. Right. So if you buy like an ETF, for instance, um, it'll hold Apple, it'll hold um, Amazon, it'll hold like Pinterest. Pinterest is a really good company that's on the come up right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, crowdfunding, you know, all these different um, type of stocks, right, that you would mm-hmm. individually invest in that is probably doing well. And you get that in an ETF. What does so ETF that, stand for again? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, ETF is exchange, exchange Trade Fund. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of like a, like a preset portfolio or something? Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Cool. And are you able to pick which ones that you were wanting to invest in or do they already come preset? Yeah. So it's, it, it's, a, just a bas- it's just like a basket of a bunch of different stocks. So it does already mm. come um, preselected. So if you go on, like I have a Yahoo, um, Yahoo app that like, tracks all these stocks or whatever right so anytime i hear something i'll just go on there and you know put in the stock ticker or whatever um Mm -hmm. and it'll give you all the information of the companies that come up and then you could just purchase that stock if you have like a a brokerage account and you could just purchase that stock and yeah so or that etf rather oh wow and yeah that's that's one way there so i mean that like I just don't think if you don't know very much about stocks, just purchasing individual stocks on their own is just not a good idea. And I I am Mm. going to be honest, I'm not knowledgeable in that area. Not yet. right? Not yet. Maybe you will be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, because there was like a lot of buzz that came up last year and the whole GameStop thing that happened too, (laughs) with that being overhauled. But I mean, it's really like certainly really interesting. I just and I feel if I had enough interest there and to like gauge (laughs) what all that meant (laughs) I feel like you know I'd be comfortable investing but I just I'm not as invested (laughs) in in stocks in general yeah well I mean that's where a financial advisor like myself comes in handy you know because like it's on a personal level right so Mm -hmm. like what do you want to do what is your plans you know and then I would guide you and educate you in um, that manner, right? Absolutely. And and going back to what you said there too, like what are your goals? I think it's really important to have goals when it comes to money and whether that is buying your first home, buying a car, retiring, you know, or maybe exactly. you want to buy a house somewhere else or a, a vacation home. I think it's really important for anyone listening, not just sex workers, but just people in general it's great to have a goal in mind. So when you have a goal in mind, you can then get a financial advisor like yourself, Jeanette, and then work on a strategy that can help get you there faster. I think it's so important. So with that, why don't we go into different ways to manage your money in terms of like 
different strategies or things that maybe have worked for you? Or what, um, yeah, what you would advise your clients? <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna talk about how we can protect our income first. Okay. So I mean, spending um, money is not hard, right? As a as, as it is <laughs> as making the money. Yes. <laughs> so like I mean, out of our paycheck, we're we pay our living expenses, our debt, and oh yeah, our taxes. And then we're told to save 10%. Mm-hmm. But um, most of us, after paying our living expenses, debt and taxes are not really left with much. Right. Um, less even if we've spent what's left on clothes, shoes, and hair. Yes. And <laughs> believe me, I was guilty of this. I always, I was always buying a new wig like every single month. Imagine if I just took that money and invested it every single month. Oh right? my gosh. And they're not cheap yeah. either. They're no, not cheap. they're not. And you're always like trying to buy the most... You know, the one with the most nicest hair, the nicest <laughs> curl, the, yes. the um, density of hair. It's like, and it just gets more expensive and stupid. Yes. <laughs> it's so I necessary sometimes. Like, you want to look good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it doesn't, it's not a bad thing to want to look good. We're, we're women, right? Yeah. So. And it's part of our job. <laughs> right. It's, that's right. Right. Then that was the excuse I was making. Oh yeah. I have to do it because you know, it's going to make me more money and whatever. So anyways, <laughs> so like we all want to retire comfortably, but like only 9% of us do so. And that's because they, um, the 9%, they have a, the financial education that uh, 91% of the population are lacking. Oh, okay. So my brokerage they want to change that with no family left behind so we educate people on compound interest versus simple interest mm-hmm. right so insurance as an investment and how to invest with principal guarantee okay so if um, having a regular income is your biggest asset and it is important to protect that asset so i bring this up because people who work for an employer if injured, their income is still supported by EI and disability benefits mm-hmm. through the employer. Right. Most sex workers, if not, are all self-employed. Yes. So what what do we do if, God forbid, we suffer from an injury, right? Mm-hmm. So Stats Canada says one out of five Canadians will suffer from a disability in their lifetime. Every job has risks. Ours is no different. Dancers are on our feet and, and in heels all day and night. Um we do stage. Um, there's risks if you're doing calls, even risks from webcamming. Right. Believe it or not, you can yeah. be online for so long that you suffer from eye strain. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to protect your income if you're injured and you can no longer work? EI is not going to help um, because you're self-employed. I mean, $50 monthly plans, if you're injured, you could submit a claim and your benefit will cover your expenses until you're able to work again. Oh. Like I Seen, I've seen girls after being injured from stage return to work in foot braces just oh, to make God. the injury worse. And it's like, that's not smart. No. <laughs> like, that's not a good look. No, so, no. You protect your car, right? Yeah, yeah. You protect your house. You have insurance for your house. You Some people even have insurance for their credit card. So, like, why wouldn't you protect yourself, right? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Total no-brainer. That's right. Yeah, so, like, again, like, what ways can we protect our money and like where how can we yeah how can you protect it (laughs) so like I mentioned you could start by um getting disability insurance you could um 
invest in life, like I mentioned, the universal life policies, mm-hmm. the uh, par whole life policies, you know, that protects your income as well as gives you a uh, death benefit. Right. So, I mean, people with, um, you need to understand like insurance, it's insurance, you know, and a, mm-hmm. a lot of the time people don't realize how badly they need it until it's too late. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I yes. remember, like, it took me, when I was driving, for instance, another personal story. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, like, I had my G1 and I, I or, or my G2, and I would go around driving without insurance. Uh-oh. And I got caught. Oh, twice. shit. You know what I mean? Oh, no. So, yeah, and I paid, I paid that price. And it's like, you know, it's better just to have insurance. And the reason why I got caught is because I got into an accident. Right. Mm. So had I had insurance, you know, these these things wouldn't happen. So it's just a good idea at the end of the day. Just be smart about that. So that's how you protect your money by insuring it. Mm -hmm. You know, good tips there. What about um, any strategies in terms of saving your money? So saving, I save my money in a TFSA right now. Mm hmm. I'm moving a lot of it into um, segregated funds. So, like, there's right. there's very many ways that you could save your money. Yeah. You could save it in, like I said, mentioned a TFSA and RRSP that um, holds seg funds. Mm-hmm. You could save it in a form of um, UL policies or whole life policies. Like, I mean, if you're investing, let's say, over your lifetime, starting your 20s, and you're just putting away $150 a month um, for 20 years, you know, by the time you're 40, that's it. You no longer have to put away any money. And after that time, you know, you're pretty much good because by the time you're 60, your money's doubled like three, four times. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, that's the whole idea of compound interest. When you're saving your money, make sure that you're getting compound interest and not simple interest as opposed to what the banks are paying out. You put your money in a savings account, they're paying you on simple interest, less than 1%. You're never getting anywhere. Right. So, Right. And is this something that, I mean, that all banks offer in terms of like, I guess it depends on what kind of portfolio you'd put your money in, I guess? So, yeah. So, I mean, in a T, like, I don't know. People people put their money in a TFSA. It could just be, you're just putting it in and saving it as cash. So, I don't Mm -hmm. know what percentage of... um, like interest people would be receiving there, I would assume it's less than 2%. Right. But if they're putting it into a TFSA and it's being your, it's made up of mutual funds again, cause that is what a TFSA is made up of is mostly mutual funds. Right. Then like it's tax free still, but mm-hmm. like, it's not like an RSP, it's still tax free. But then you have to remember about, like I explained with the American companies versus the Canadian companies. Right. So if you're putting it into a TFSA that holds mutual funds, yeah, you could get like a, a six to seven percent rate of return. Mm-hmm. But then you have to, um, you know, it's volatile, right? The markets are volatile. It goes up, it goes down. Yeah. Um, so there's that you have yeah, to keep in mind. That risk. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's risk. It, it, there's risk everywhere. Yes. So we, uh, what we do at our company is we give you like a financial assessment and we see um, like you know, where your risk assessment is at. So are you high risk? Do you want to invest um, aggressively, uh, moderately? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. then we match your investments in terms of that. Right. So if Whatever somebody is a moderate, um, moderate um, investor, we're not going to put them in an aggressive investment. Right. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. 
when you go to the bank, they ask you all these questions. That's the reason why they do that. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Um, I can share a little bit too in terms of like what I do to save my money. So for me, I always like to have some kind of pre-authorized withdrawal that goes right into my savings accounts. Um, Because like if I don't see it in my account, I am not going to worry about it. Right, exactly. (laughs) And that's a great idea, you know, and that's, that's basically how, yeah, I do it the same way too. I don't, I can't manual, I I can, but I don't because (laughs) I'll forget, you know, so I leave it up to the bank to just do the pre-authorized monthly withdrawal, like, like same with yourself. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely a great idea. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I feel if anyone has a civilian job or if there are some civilian listeners in here that have a corporate job or like some kind of civilian job that their company offers like RSP matching. I also did that with one of my past companies as well because it's basically like free money. So basically you can put like a percentage. I think it's like a maximum of depending on the company, three to five percent of your earnings per paycheck. And then the company will then match it. And it's just stuff that you can't touch. But as I said, it's free money. (laughs) Right. Which I think is beneficial. So, but not all not all companies off obviously offer that, and especially if you're an independent contractor, as we, most of us are that are listening, it's a little bit harder to do that. So, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because past retirees, they did um, often enjoy a combination of company pensions, mm-hmm. um, Canadian pension plans, and their personal savings. But like, I mean. Sooner or later, this traditional model is not going to be around for long. Right. So uh, retirement strategies are now focused on, like, you know, personal responsibility. Right. So, yeah, it is important to just have that monthly habit that yeah. I, I've talked about and uh, just putting your money away, you know, on a monthly basis, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't see it. Better start saving, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, if you're saving, if you're thinking about saving, like, right now, do it today yeah call me now get get you started yes (laughs) but speaking of which it's also tax season and I wanted to also get into that topic as well because sometimes there's a bit of like a stigma or apprehension about you know people doing their taxes maybe some people haven't done their taxes in the past couple years too and that's okay um but I just want to go into that topic because I think it's really really important yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. I mean, many sex workers, I guess, they're apprehensive of filing taxes because, like, most have no clue where to begin and mm-hmm. what to include and not include. Yes. And perhaps another reason why um, they may be comfortable or not comfortable going to an accountant and having to explain what they do for a living. Yes. Right? Yes. So, like I mentioned, alternative industry codes that you can put on your T2125. Right. Um such as like personal care service or consultant Mm -hmm. as opposed to the sex worker industry codes for dancers or for sex workers. Right. Um, And like I have full confidence that any of you um, can prepare your own taxes once you're familiar with what's involved. It's not hard. I do have a full step-by-step guide if anyone listening is interested that is tailored to sex workers. Oh, great. Yes, absolutely. We'll... Be sure to, I mean, if anyone wants to get in touch, we'll, we'll plug everything at the end of the show as well. So, Perfect. So um, things to include 
um, as expenses is anything that is needed to conduct your business, such as costumes, toys, makeup, hair, laptop, um, webcam for cam girls, condoms, nails, house fees, help, legal Mm -hmm. accounting, um, advertisement, security, accommodation, car wash or repair, if you take a Uber or you have a personal driver, mm-hmm. car rental fees, any auto payments, wow. um, gas, meals, business taxes, like anything that's related to your business is what is considered a business expense. Right. That's a yeah. lot. You listed a lot there. <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. So Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like, you know, maybe some of us just don't know that or maybe not are not aware, you know, if especially if you've never filed your taxes before. These are things that you can claim. Yeah. 100%. So there are tons of benefits in terms of doing our taxes too. I mean, especially in the Canadian context. Do you want to quickly go into that? Yeah, so, I mean, like you, if you do don't do your taxes, you could be missing out on money that's owed to you from the CRA. Like that's one major thing. I, I, I mean, anytime I do taxes, I get a refund. Yeah. So I, I looked forward to tax season, you know, (laughs) money. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm doing my taxes. Yay. So I'm going to get money. Um, Mm -hmm. but you could also miss out on CPP benefits that will pose long-term ramifications so these contributions mm-hmm. help you become eligible for retirement pension, even though it's really not much nowadays. Right. Um, disability benefits and survivor benefits. Other benefits that you could miss out on are Ontario sales tax, um, your trillion benefits. And then for those of you with dependents, the child tax benefit, right? Right. And like CERB has forced many sex workers to realize how important it was to have our taxes up to date because as you can all remember um, if you didn't have your 2019 taxes filed you didn't qualify right yeah and just a quick reminder for anyone just tuning into this episode right now this new listener um, I did a whole COVID series on this as well so and uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic last year uh, the Canadian emergency response benefit was um, like a $2,000 stipend that we get every single month for up to, I think it was four months in total Right. that sex right. workers were allowed to receive, you know, so it's a, it was a great benefit and also a huge help since a lot of us, you know, weren't able to dance on stage anymore, weren't able to see our clients in person anymore. So yeah. that income yeah, was I, like a lifesaver for me at yeah. least. <laughs> Yeah, for me too. Trust me, I was like going crazy because I wasn't then licensed, right? So I was yeah. just working on becoming licensed. I, like I was in limbo, you know, working on becoming licensed and then all this happens. And then I was like, holy, what am I, what am I going to do? Like I, I had my emergency savings, but I don't want it. I didn't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh. Even, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, and if I, if I had to, thank God I didn't, it would have been gone. Like, just like you know? that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I was like thankful for that. Um, yeah, and, and anyone yeah. who is who did get CERB last year, and this again, sorry for anyone listening that's not Canadian, um, uh, that is taxable. So yeah. FYI, because it is tax season, and if you are intending to do your 2020 taxes, 
keep that in mind. <laughs> so, oh, Bill reminds you by sending you a slip. Oh, me. did they, have they? <laughs> yeah, I got I got my slip like in February. Oh yeah, no, I got it mine too. Actually, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, where is right. that? Oh yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. I seen it. I was like, what's this? Fourteenth. Oh yeah, okay, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, like there are a lot, a lot of benefits to doing your taxes and it's something that you should potentially look into. I think, I think, you know, when, when people see forms in general, I just get like form anxiety, Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like, oh my God, there's so many things that they're asking me for that I don't know what I should be writing in here and stuff. And I think that's where like a lot of that fear and the stigma, if I do something wrong, is a CRA going to be on my ass? You know, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think you mentioned you had um, like a step a step by step guide if you want to do like your own taxes with TurboTax or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think the download, like the download link that I have, is actually free to do your taxes. So for anybody who is interested in wanting me to make that effort, just to learn, you know, how to do their own personal taxes, um, I could ha- I could give them. Any any advice that they'd like, and you guys can contact me. Um, sure. I'll leave my contact with Sia. Yes, yes, we'll definitely plug that for sure. Um, I guess perhaps you know some people are not comfortable doing their own taxes. There's also the option of going to like an H and R block or finding some other um, sex worker friendly accountant. What are your experiences with that? Um, so I, when I started doing my own taxes, um, when I was like da- as a dancer, mm-hmm. I, it was the same accountant for mm-hmm. years. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm going to probably just try to attempt to do my own taxes this year because it mm-hmm. is like when I read the guide and then plus the background that I, I already had and in doing individual taxes, mm-hmm. I, I really do have confidence that I could just do my own taxes at this point. And I I want the um, practice as well because, you know, later on, I do want to do um, help out other sex workers in doing their taxes, right? So, absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So I could could help you. I could give you advice. You could, but you could take your taxes to anybody. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. what's their business? What you do for a living? You have your expenses and this is how much you make. Here, do my taxes. I'm going to pay you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like I said, with the industry codes, you just let the, okay, I'm a, I'm a consultant or right. I'm a personal care worker or whatever, right? So. I like that better. And, like, I, I loved, like, when you said that during your workshop that I took, I was like, oh, this is, this would make me feel a lot better, <laughs> you know, yeah. if it was my first time because then I don't want to get the side eye from the person that's doing my taxes or for them to be like eyebrow raised yeah. this is what you do yeah. for a living and then have that weird kind of awkwardness and tension <laughs> between you two so yeah <laughs> I just want to yeah. I think most people just want to avoid that potential conversation that could happen because it's not like something I want to talk about every day I mean for me I'm really open about it I really don't care but some people... yeah me too I don't <laughs> yeah. care anymore like I've gotten older I'm like you know what no one else is paying my bills I don't care this is what I do and um it's like I said it's, it was a stepping stone for me <laughs> and it made my life a lot better so yeah. whatever you know what I mean have your opinion exactly like, I really don't care anymore yeah I really don't give a shit <laughs> yeah there are actually a lot of questions in, in terms of like that came in from listeners that have 
to do with taxes and stuff. So I'm just going to go into that kind of Q&A because I think it's just related to the topic and we'll just kind of lightly transition into this section of the show. So this question came (laughs) from a, it seems like a a non-sex worker. And I'm just going to kind of rephrase it a little bit. So a lot of their work is cash. Do they claim any of it? And I think it's an open and honest question. I can also kind of see where this person is coming from because right yeah like like in hospitality like as servers we get like i'm also a server too like i get a lot of cash or used to pre-pandemic times and i like industry industry standard was to only claim 15 percent of it so i guess this person's perhaps wondering how much do sex workers claim or is there a percentage that they have to claim or how would you how would you answer this? <laughs> um, well, how much would you claim in per- percentage if you were making a cash income? Ask yourself that. Would you mm-hmm. claim 100% or, you know, <laughs> when you want to claim 100%, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's really up to you. I mean, my only issue, and I'll speak on experience too, is, yeah, like, I'm just going to go with my hospitality experience, the... As I said, the industry standard was 15%. And I had other jobs as well. So I was also dancing. I'm also, I had a civilian job as well. The more you claim, the more taxes you're going to pay. And it's been a while (laughs) since I've gotten a refund because I am now like in that other tax tier. Yeah. So, which is not, not, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But I get it. So honestly, um, like I think I mentioned before, if you're claiming less than $30,000, even if you own your own business, if you are claiming less than $30,000, you are not going to be taxed on that. Mm-hmm. Um, as self-employed, you own your, or you own your own business. But as soon as you uh, go above that, they, you do have to claim the, like the GST. Yes. There's just no way around it. So if you want to buy a house and you're telling your um you're going to your to get a mortgage and you say oh, well I only make 25 grand you're not going to qualify yeah. for a house obviously right yeah so i can understand like you know like the dilemma there mm-hmm. um but it's just really up to you how much taxes do you want to pay yeah um because it's always a shocker when that comes. I'm like, oh, God. And that's why I I have chosen to get an accountant because I just had so much money coming from places. It's pre-pandemic times. I am, like, no longer making yeah, that kind yeah. of money anymore. But um, usually accountants are able to, like, work things around generally in your favor depending on the relationship that you have with your accountant too. Um, right. To kind of see, like, okay, maybe we can – like, you could get a lot of write-offs, right, depending yes. on what you do. Like, I mean, you said you work in the hospitality industry, so I'm pretty sure there's write-offs there. Mm-hmm. Um, as dancers, I mentioned all the different types of write-offs, too. So, yes. like, that that would help you. But, I mean, when you're in that bra- bracket, you're in that bracket. Like, yeah. that, like it's, it's, it's Canada. Like, we pay taxes. We pay a lot of taxes, unfortunately. But that's yeah. just how it is, you know, to live in this great country. Yes. And you pay taxes pretty much everywhere in the world. So. Everywhere, yeah, exactly, that's right. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Um, this person is asking, is it wise to incorporate or to not incorporate? So it is not a good idea to incorporate. Um, I think during my 
tax session, I had mentioned that if you uh, incorporate, you're going to be filing four times a year. Mm. So along with your own personal taxes, you also have to file for your corporation because your corporation is a separate entity. Entity, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, plus you have to like name directors and all this. Like it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot I of mean, work. just make your money and dance and do your taxes once a year. Yeah. You know, if you're making <laughs> more than 30000 then you do have to um, register your business or, um, or and your and HST mm-hmm. number. Um, if you're making less than 30000 like I mentioned, you just straight file as self-employed. But if you want to file as a corporation, if you're making $200,000 or more and you want to like maybe, because there is some tax breaks, right, on mm-hmm. um, on corporations. They don't pay as much taxes. Right. And just figure that way out. You can do that too. But like I, I've never really gone there. I just yeah. stick with what I know. I think it just depends like what kind of business you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like how much money you're making. I feel, I mean, I don't know how much this person is making. And this person is uh, more in the lines of full service. But um, yeah, it just really depends because like when you incorporate that as another entity and like that's, I always say it's wise to incorporate if there's a huge liability. Right. And that to me is what's important. Because then you protect yourself from any type of... um, issues there yes exactly so it just depends but depending on the work you do and depending how much money you make it's your call but I don't that's not that's not something I see a very common in, in, in general I would say but right. yeah and I think you kind of quickly went you already kind of went over this previously but if you want to add anything you can um what kind of tax write-offs can sex workers get um so I mentioned like I mean you could um write off your house or sorry your uh, home office space so mm-hmm. if you're doing calls from home you could write off like the the, the uh, like the area that you're using right right um, there's a calculation for that but I could always uh, that's in the um, tax uh, outline that I have and then also your your car you could deduct your expenses from your car as well um, and then there's um, and that's a percentage mm-hmm. so if you're traveling, a certain kilometers to work or to and from uh, customers, you would total that up and then total up the total amount that you are uh, traveling for the year and you would divide the numbers by each other and then the, whatever percentage that you get times the expenses of um, your auto. Hopefully that didn't sound confusing, but it really is that simple. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Is, that, is that in the outline that you can give as well? That calculation? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could provide that. I could provide that information to anybody. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> but you asked about write-offs. I did mention it, but did you want me to go a little bit slower this time? Oh, no. I think, I mean, if you, I think in general, it's pretty much anything that you can use or that you use in sex For your work. business. Yeah, for your business specifically, right? Yes, so. Exactly. I think I think we're good. Like you mentioned, you mentioned okay. a lot. It was a whole list. So yeah, rewind back, listeners. <laughs> um, this is a very specific question. Um, I got a form saying I received more CERB than I did. What do I do? Well, I guess That's you've got to call them and just show proof that you didn't like I mean they they deposit the money straight into your account right mm-hmm. um hopefully like it wasn't a check that you got but if they're just depositing the money in your account just show them the proof that you didn't get as much as what they're claiming that you got 
Yeah, I would like screenshot um, your bank statements um, yeah. with dates. If you can, I mean, you can definitely go scroll back for sure um, with your bank. Yeah, exactly. And just provide them. But unfortunately, you're going to have to give the CRA a call and their lines and are very busy. Sit there for three hours. I was just going to say, like, you're going to be on yeah. the phone for minimum three to four hours because I've been through yeah. this. My friends have been so through this. Meal. Yeah, prepare a meal. Um, just like go for a walk, <laughs> you know, you know? get some exercise, put right. on speakerphone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, can you include deposit slash checks written as gifts as income or slash? Can you not claim that money? So if you are getting gifts from clients or sorry, money from clients as gifts, it, it's a gift. So you mm-hmm. don't have to write that off. A gift is a gift. Exactly. Like if you didn't go somewhere and do a service and um, they're giving you for, or sorry, they're giving you money just for, just for being beautiful. <laughs> that's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, yeah, that's, to my understanding, it's a gift. It's not counting towards the income that you make. Same with no. any kind of like PayPal or um, online transfers and stuff like that. Um, that's why it's really important for it to be written as a gift, plain and simple, so it doesn't get flagged. So There you go. Yeah, another tip there. And uh, last question, I feel like we kind of went over this um, already, but I think this person might have a confused accountant maybe but she writes in it seems like you can't write anything off that you use for sex work if you also use it outside of work as well her accountant said that she can't claim eyelashes makeup and outfits that can be used outside of sex workers as well but she said you can claim rent phone etc and and um why can't we do this for makeup and clothes so i Sorry, see, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, I've done. I've done. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I've always, that's just use, take your receipts. Like, that's why you have a section for supplies in um, your T2125. Like, it gives you a list of where you're going to put your expenses. And I'm pretty sure one of them is supplies. So mm-hmm. hair, nails, and makeup, I consider that as a supply. I cannot go to work without lashes. I cannot go to work without my wig. I cannot go to work without makeup on. Like it's simple, simple as that. It, it all comes together. You know what I mean? As a dancer, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm writing that that stuff off. Um, right. I don't know why you're like. How are you supposed to write off a percentage of what your your Mac um, compact? Like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's a percentage, anyways, that's being written off. Exactly. Yes. So they're not taking everything that you claimed $15,000 worth of supplies and then they're going to be like, okay, well, we're going to write off 15,000. No, it's a percentage of it. Exactly. Exactly. So I would double check with your accountant or do yeah. your taxes for or that. Or find another accountant. Yeah. Cause that sounds a little fishy. So, but that is the last question. Jeanette, before I let you go, where can we find you? Um, so you guys could email me actually at um, j-a-d-e-k-o-l-u at gmail.com. So I did write it in there on the chat. Perfect. Um, yes. I don't know if Ciel wants to post it. Yeah, I can definitely plug well. it in the show notes below. So if you did have any burning questions, you're more than welcome to contact Jeanette. She is a great, great resource, as you have all heard on this past hour. <laughs> Yeah, can I just say one more thing about Absolutely. a little bit about my business? Sure. 
So I just wanted to say if anybody is looking to make extra income, um, I would suggest considering become a licensed financial advisor like myself. You do control your schedule, income, and you get tax write-offs on the money that you uh, make. You're pretty much your own boss. Sounds like a business you're already familiar with. Yes, yes. (laughs) um, We're a solution-driven company. We don't have our own products, but we are affiliated with over 70 product providers with the A-graded rating. This is not a skill-driven business. It takes thousands of hours to develop a skill and master it. It takes 10 hours to learn a system. So the financial brokerage I work for adopts a hybrid business model where everything is done for you in the structure of a corporation and a system of a franchise. So we're moving to becoming number one in uh, financial distribution in the next few years. I'm currently building my own agency and would love to have work with any of you who want to make more income. It is commission-based, but with that comes overrides and residuals. Residuals, guys, that's money while you sleep. Ooh, so the money yes. more, yeah, the more money or the more business you submit, the more you make. What other square jobs you know that pays residuals? Yeah. So none. Trust me when I say <laughs> 91% of the population is hungry for financial knowledge. Mm-hmm. So through education and awareness, you um, help improve other people's financial situation while improving yours at the same time. You do not need to be mobile uh, to do this work because of COVID. Most of our business has gone online. Okay. So most of our mit- yeah, so most of our meetings uh, with clients are now done through Zoom. That means if you have a computer with internet connection, you is Gucci. <laughs> awesome, and like, I think this is a great way too. Is if, if you want, if you're looking the way um, in terms of on the way out of sex work, or you want to transition. This is probably a good option. That's right. So. Lots of options there, and I'll definitely be plugging all this in the show notes below if you haven't checked it out already. But Jeanette, it was so great to have you on the show to share your financial expertise and knowledge with the audience. Thank you so much, Sia. You are so welcome, and I'm sure you're going to be getting lots of emails and questions because I feel like, as I said, like myself, (laughs) a lot of us are just very unfamiliar. This is like unfamiliar territory, so (laughs) I hope people... We'll have some great takeaways from the episode. Everyone's going to go ahead and start saving money and filing their taxes this year. So Yes, and contact <laughs> me if you need any any insurance or investments. I am the one. Yes, certainly. <laughs> and don't forget, it is new episodes every single Sunday. It's Stripped by Sia on Instagram or my personal Sia Steph. Don't forget to give me a like, rate, share, and subscribe. And I'd love to get some more reviews in Apple. Um, and a f- more five-star ratings. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we'll catch everyone in for another brand new episode next Sunday. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye, see ya. You're listening to Strip by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Artwork by Maria Bellandorama. Music by Ted D and photography by Ian Dabern.